Hello, and welcome to Talking Solutions, the third podcast from the Association for Solution-Focused Hypnotherapy. I'm Sally Hare. And I'm Trevor Edels, and we're both experienced solution-focused hypnotherapists. Uh, In future podcasts, we're hoping to have a variety of guests with us sharing their expertise. Indeed we are, and next time, we're excited to have Guy Shannon, a solution-focused therapist, coach, trainer, and consultant joining us. But this time, we thought we'd take a look at phobias. A lot of people are coming to see us about fears and phobias at the moment. Needle phobias, performance phobias, social phobia, fear of flying, mice, dogs. The list of things we can potentially have a phobic reaction to is endless. So we thought we'd explore the subject of fears and phobias a little and take a look at how solution-focused hypnotherapy can help. So, Sally, what do you know about fears and phobias? Well, fears are perfectly normal and one of the ways that a person stays alive. Being fearful of dark places means our ancestors weren't eaten by predators. And being fearful of high places meant they didn't fall to their death. They took care and survived. So fear is a good emotion to ensure a person's safety and survival. However, some people experience a persistent fear that's considered by others to be excessive and unreasonable. And these are called phobias. Phobic reactions start when the person gets close to a particular situation or object. And because of the power of their imagination, the feelings can also occur even when the person anticipates the approach of that situation or object. The difference between a fear and a phobia is that people only become physically and or psychologically impaired by a phobia. Okay, and we can develop a phobia for many different reasons. And the charity Mind lists some causes as the following. So past incidents or traumas, when difficult situations have had a lasting effect on how you feel about them. For example, a difficult experience flying or frightening encounter in a certain place, or a nasty shock involving a spider or a dog. Secondly, learned responses from early life. For example, if your caregiver were overly anxious, this may affect how you cope with anxiety and you may develop similar phobias. Thirdly, reactions and responses to panic or fear. For example, if you have a strong reaction to a situation, you may feel embarrassed about it, and this fear of becoming afraid can cause even more anxiety. Fourthly, experiencing long-term stress. This can cause or strengthen feelings of anxiety and or depression and can reduce your ability to cope in difficult situations, which in time can develop into phobias. And lastly, even genetic factors can play a part in developing a phobia, as some people appear to be more vulnerable to this than others. We're all familiar with the most common and understandable phobias fear of heights, of water, and of spiders, for example. But phobias can develop around just about anything. I'm going to have to put my teeth in now because I've got some words to say. Electorophobia is the fear of chickens. Melanophobia is the fear of black. Venustrophobia is the fear of beautiful women. Coolrophobia is the fear of clowns. And last but not least, phobophobia is the fear of phobias themselves. <laughs> yeah, if phobia is affecting your life, you certainly aren't alone. 
And many familiar figures from history have used their own phobias to fuel their creativity. Edvard Munch had agoraphobia, a fear of outdoor spaces and of crowds. And art scholars have debated whether his most famous painting, The Scream, is a depiction of his experience of that phobic terror. Alfred Hitchcock had many phobias, including a deep hatred and fear of chicken eggs and a dread of being mistakenly arrested and locked up. This might go a long way to explain the mastery he had over our own peace of mind in his filmmaking. And Salvador Dali, the genius of the surreal, had a fear of grasshoppers in particular and insects in general after being bullied at school. Even the sound of them would make him tremble. He used this fear to fuel the powerful, disconcerting imagery in his painting. The NHS categorises a phobia as a type of anxiety disorder and lists these phobic reactions, or anticipatory anxiety, as symptoms you might experience. There's unsteadiness, dizziness and lightheadedness, nausea, sweating, increased heart rate or palpitations, shortness of breath, trembling or shaking, and an upset stomach. These unpleasant anxiety reactions can mean you start to organise your life so that you avoid ever being in a situation where you just might experience a phobic reaction. That might mean making a long detour, going about your daily business, or avoiding doing tasks at work, or adopting any manner of adjustments to remove the likelihood of having a phobic reaction. There are certainly some things you can try to help reduce your phobic reactions. For example, using relaxation techniques such as breathing exercises or visualising yourself dealing well with a potentially phobic situation. Or you could join a self-help group. Some people recommend gradual exposure to your phobia, which involves slowly increasing the length of time you spend exposed to whatever you find problematic. Of course, different approaches work for different people, and it's always worth trying a few different suggestions to see what works best for you. Although people tend to avoid their phobic situation, there may be times when you have to face it. You may be asked to give a presentation or have to fly for work or be vaccinated against COVID. Or perhaps avoiding the cause of your phobia has taken over your daily routines to such an extent that it's limiting your enjoyment of life and impacting your well-being. If the self-help approaches you've mentioned don't work for you or have a limited effect, you might consider seeking outside help. And thankfully, solution-focused hypnotherapy can make a real lasting impact on phobias. Yeah. If you see a solution-focused hypnotherapist, then the first session is called an initial consultation. This is where your therapist will find out why you've come to see them and what your goal is from the sessions. The first thing your solution-focused therapist will ascertain is whether you have a specific phobia or whether your difficulties stem from more general anxiety, in which case their approach will be different. For specific phobias, they will typically see you for four sessions, although there will be times when this will be modified to best suit your needs. Your therapist will tell you what to expect from hypnotherapy, 
and explain how natural a process it is. And then they will spend some time talking about your brain and how it works, how part of your brain can make logical decisions and come up with new ways of behaving, and some parts simply react emotionally in the same old way all the time. You'll also be given a link to a relaxing audio track that you can play just before bedtime every day. The next session will probably be the first time that your therapist will put you into a lovely, relaxing trance. But before that, they'll ask you some questions like, what's been good this week? They may ask how you've coped with your phobia in the past, what strengths you've used to overcome it. And they may ask you about events when the phobia isn't there anymore. And they'll ask you to scale things. For example, how bad your phobia is on a scale of one to 10. You'll also be asked what's called the miracle question, where you imagine that a miracle has taken place overnight and you wake up in the morning without your phobia. You'll be asked to imagine what you'll be doing that's different, how you'll be feeling and how others will feel about that. And you'll then have the opportunity to begin to engage your subconscious in making these imagined positive benefits real life-altering changes in trance. Many people find the trance the best part of the session, but some highlight something that was said in the talking part. It's all part of the therapy. Usually you'll be asked to think about the first occurrence of your phobia and the worst occurrence, and you'll need to bring these two stories to the next session. And you'll be asked to listen to the audio track every day, generally at bedtime, but whatever works best for you. It's fine as long as you're listening daily. For many phobias, there are obvious triggers. For example, a nurse will put a needle on the syringe and that will be the trigger for a needle phobia. For other fears, like fear of death or cancer, the triggers will not be so obvious. It can be useful to identify triggers with these feelings starting. That way, you can nick those feelings in the bud before they go into a full-on phobic response. Your therapist might get you to practice thinking of something else a walk in the countryside or being at the beach, whatever. Or you could wear an elastic band around your wrist and ping it every time you start to have those feelings or automatic thoughts. That way you'll get more aware of the feelings starting and be better able to stop them in their tracks. The elastic band acts as a pattern breaker for negative self-talk and helps you choose a new way to feel and behave. I ask clients how anxious they are about facing their phobic situation, where 10 is completely relaxed and one is where they're about to run out of the room. I do this at each session, and it's usually very easy to see the numbers going down. Anyway, the next session will start with revision and some more questions about how they've coped in the past. They will be asked about times when the phobia isn't there. They'll be asked about what's been good, and there will be more scaling and that miracle question. When they get on the couch, the therapist will use a technique called the rewind, which is where they imagine watching a film in the first and worst times they had the phobia, and it will remove all the emotion associated with the phobic events. At the end, they'll feel more bored than scared. Before they leave, the therapist will ask them to write down how they would like their perfect day, journey, presentation, whatever to go, now that they don't have the phobia anymore. 
The last session will start with the usual recap and questions. When you get on the couch, a nice initial relaxation will be followed by what's called a reframe. Using your ideas, the therapist will get you to imagine that perfect day or journey or presentation. And the more you visualize what you want, and the more vividly you visualize it, the more likely it is to occur as you imagine it. Some therapists may teach you some techniques that you can use to stay calm before facing the thing that previously you were frightened of. Focusing on goals, how you want to be, is much better than brooding on the problem over and over again. The whole process can be incredibly effective and long-lasting. So if phobias are limiting your life experience at the moment, talk it through with a solution-focused hypnotherapist. You can find one local to you in our directory at www.afsfh.com. But for now, we're going to give you the opportunity to experience a trance in the form of a short relaxation session. It's important to say that hypnosis is only half of hypnotherapy. And as we said, in a real solution-focused hypnotherapy session, you'll have the opportunity to explore your best hopes for the future in depth. Then relax as your therapist engages your subconscious in a personal, tailored hypnosis session to help make those hopes a reality. If you're currently driving or operating machinery or doing anything that involves your full attention, please switch off this podcast now. You can look forward to relaxing when you can do so safely. But if you're able to relax now, spend a few moments getting yourself comfortable as I hand over to Sally. Thanks, Trevor. So, yes, take the time to get yourself really easy there making sure your head is supported and you're feeling warm. And make sure you're somewhere where you're unlikely to be disturbed. Just find yourself somewhere where you can completely relax. And if you want to, just shut your eyes and call to mind a time when you were the most relaxed that you can remember. Let's relive that memory for a moment. Just feel each easy breath relaxing you, calming you. You can be aware of how comfortable and peaceful you're becoming as your body relaxes and your mind relaxes with it, feeling you completely. And when you're ready, I'd like you to imagine that you're in a sailing boat, all alone, floating on a lake. All around are mountains, their steep sides covered with forests of pine trees, their peaks snow-capped. You sail to the very centre of the lake, enjoying the fresh crispness of the air and the scent of the pine forest carried on the breeze that drives the boat, filling the sails at a gentle but exhilarating pace. The splash and gurgle of the water as the boat cuts through the gentle swell, the creaking of the rigging and the crack of the sails as they fill with each gentle gust of air. And you can be aware of how good you feel alone 
with your own thoughts, alone with the sounds of nature all around, a calm, natural peace that knows no concerns or troubles. Nothing disturbs that peace. Nothing bothers you at all. And now the wind drops to almost nothing. And the sails flap limply as the empty of the wind that drives the boat forward. The surface of the water becomes calm. Still. Flat as a mill pond. The surface ruffled only now and then by a gentle breeze. You feel the sun warming your skin, comfortably warm, soothing and relaxing you. The quiet surrounds you now, broken only by the gurgle of water beneath the hull, the faint sounds of birdsong, the occasional splash as a fish rises to take an insect. Calm, peaceful tranquility surrounds you and envelops you. You lie down on a soft cushion in the bottom of the boat, unconcerned at the lack of wind, knowing that the engine is there and in perfect working order when and if required. And you look up at the crystal clarity of the blue sky. Small clouds, perfect and white, hang above and around the tops of the mountains, visible from where you are, so relaxed and comfortable. The still air carries the sounds of some fishermen casting their lines from the shore. And there, the distant tone of a church bell calms you, relaxing you more with each note. High in the sky, a bird flies towards the distant horizon. And you relax even deeper in this wonderful world, feeling within a calm, comfortable heaviness but so pleasant, so very nice. The boat drifts, rising and falling with the almost non-existent swell. You're looking now at the very tip of the mast as it sways gently. It appears to touch the clear blue sky above. The air is so clean here, you can taste it. And you feel a calm tranquility. Absorb that gentle peace. You drift too with thoughts that are pleasant and calming. You breathe in peace and calm with every gentle breath. Breathing out anxiety and stress. And you can be aware now of the peace, the calm, the confidence that fills you 
expanding within you. And you enjoy the stillness, the warmth of the sun, the subtle sounds of nature all around, the sights and the scents that can allow you to be aware of the larger world, the depth of water beneath you, the natural world at peace with itself, as all troubles and cares fade into unimportance, insignificance. And you feel so much stronger now, aware that strength comes from deep within you. It was there all the time, hidden for a while beneath turmoil and stress, but now no longer shrouded within a veil of negativity and lack of confidence. It shines through. And you recognise the strength that is yours and resolve now to use that which is yours to your highest benefit. As the boat drifts, you know that it can be so easy to allow the prevailing winds to take you wherever they will. But in your vessel, you have the power when the winds blow, to tack and to steer, using the winds as you choose to guide whatever is the right way for you. You have in reserve too that engine, that power, which can mean to you that you have complete choice in the way you go. But it can be pleasant to drift knowing that you can choose freedom, calm, confidence, and you will, won't you? So if ever you feel burdened or stressed or anxious, you can choose to get into your boat and drift wherever you need to, whenever you want to, using the strength that is yours and so growing stronger and stronger with every day. And so we're coming to the end of our short relaxation today. And I'm going to count from one to five. And when I get to five, you'll awaken refreshed, relaxed and restored to full consciousness, motivated to really enjoy the rest of your day. So one, becoming aware of the surface beneath you. And two, becoming aware of your surroundings again, sounds from outside. And three, becoming more aware of your body, perhaps wriggling your fingers and toes or stretching your limbs. And four, letting that inner smile soften the corners of your mouth. And five, ready to waken now. Calm, relaxed and energised. Take a deep breath and come back to today. Wow. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. I certainly did. And you can keep that positive feeling with you going forward. 
And do check out our therapist directory at afsfh.com if you'd like to find a solution-focused hypnotherapist to help make your best hopes for the future a reality. And that's about it for this podcast. I hope we've given you some ideas about how solution-focused hypnotherapy will work for you and get rid of your phobia. And so next time, we're looking forward to talking to Guy Shannon. So it's goodbye from me, Sally here. And it's goodbye from me, Trevor Eddles. See you next time. Bye. Bye.